get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Kara Grinsmallman here on 101 ESPN. Danny Mack in for Randy Carricker today. And let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and welcome in Blues play-by-play play voice here on 101 ESPN, your home for St. Louis Blues hockey. It's Chris Kerber. Kerbs, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing good, Michelle. How are you? We are doing well. And Kerbs, we know you're a native St. Louis and we are celebrating the career and the life of Lou Brock today. So do you have a memory of Lou or a story that you can share with us? You know what, uh, for those that I think a lot of people know, but, but Lou, of course, was an ordained minister. And uh, my sister uh, married Fred Bird. So uh, they knew Lou, obviously knew Lou very well. And, and so Lou officiated their wedding. And, and I'll, I'll share this story. It was pretty funny. He stands up there, and, you know, he had that it's a, kind of that unique little accent or, or dialect and Right about the time uh, Lou, Lou looks at uh, Tim and Jesse and says, repeat after me. And right at that moment, the microphone got a little feedback and it hummed. So the microphone goes, mm. so Tim gets the microphone. He goes, hmm. And everybody, of course, laughs. And Lou Brock looks at him and says, Tim. Right. And I mean, literally, they're about to do their vows. He goes, repeat after me. And the microphone does it again. Tim does it again. And Lou Brock looks at me and goes, okay, that's enough. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> right right in the middle of the wedding. So it was a... Uh it was something pretty special, actually, to see. It was pretty cool. That is really cool. And when Lou Brock tells you to knock it off, you better knock it off, right? <laughs> well, you know what? It showed. It showed the great. And, and it's the for me. The cool thing is, you see all the the social media posts. It's one of the positives about social media, right? You see all the social media posts about um, you, you, the, the the relationships that they had, and it didn't matter whether it's a fan that posted it whether it was Jack Flaherty, whether, it, you know, Harrison Bader, whether it was Adam Wainwright, uh, you know, Mike Claiborne, whomever it may be. It, everything was posted. And, yeah, you get the, the stuff about his stats and how he did, but everything was about how, you know, the personal relationship that they all had with him. And I'll tell you something. If, if in the end your legacy is about the relationships and how you made people feel, is as positive as loses. That that says so much more than anything you ever could have done on a baseball field. Well said, Curbs. And Dan and I were talking off air uh, before the show just about how lucky St. Louis is to have so many Hall of Fame players like a Lou Brock who also stay here and pour into the community. And the St. Louis Blues have that as well. I think as a city, it's pretty rare to have so many star players who could retire and, and go anywhere, want to stay here in this community because of the connection that they have with St. Louis. Yeah, no, that is true. Uh, and and it, it it rings true across the sports, the ones that stay, the ones that become a fabric of the community, you know, and even even guys from a blue standpoint, like Scott Mellenby, who, 
you know, prior to finally moving back up to Wisconsin and stuff with his job and because of things he had with the Montreal Canadiens, he lived here for a long time. Martin Brodeur still lives in the area, you know, which is phenomenal. Travels to New Jersey for a few days each week on the business side, and then he comes back home to St. Louis and think of how short a window he was here as a player and then eventually in the front office. So it it does speak volumes to that. And, and I listen, I think you got to just credit the community and credit the people because they, they make everybody want to stay. And that's, that's really impressive. Curbs. Let's talk a little uh, blues hockey uh, in terms of what's happening with the St. Louis blues, the trade of uh, Jake Allen and where they are with the captain. Um, where do you think they stand right now on, on trying to bring him back and, 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 you know, a timetable of trying to bring him back? Yeah, well, you know what? Obviously, the timetable is going to get a little more important as we get closer to October when after the draft free agency kicks in. Uh, so so that'll, that'll be important there. Look, th- th- there's the desire to bring him back. You know, you, you can go to a couple things. They, they made it. You know, they made an offer to David Backus and to Troy Brower and said, OK, whoever wants this one, take it. You know, and and that approach obviously was not a is not going to be the approach that they take here with Alex Petrangelo. It, I think the respect factor here is huge for Alex. It's going to be important. Um, you know, there was not even an offer put on the table for Pat Maroon. So, in, in the reason I bring those up is this is a situation where the Blues do want Alex Petrangelo back. The simple question is: Is the math going to work? And and the math is going to simply be. You know that you've got $81.5 million to spend. You've got to split it 24 different, 23 different ways. How's it going to work out, and how creative are, are, are you going to be? You know, and, you know, there's a reality to the free market system, too, guys, that I think is important here. You, you could sit there. If you're Alex Petrangelo, and, 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 I'll, and I guess I'll use him as, a, as a, just a placeholder in, in this one, but you know, you're a player and you want, okay, I want, I want the most money I can get. I, I, on the free agent market, I, the market should take care of itself. Well, the markets go up and the markets go down. And right now, it's pretty unfortunate for players that are becoming unrestricted free agents to have that hit. When the league is in a pandemic and you've lost $1.5 billion as a league, right? I mean, so now instead of going in where the salary cap is going to be more, you're going in where you know you've got a flat cap for the next few years. I mean, it's really a game changer, and I think it. If players are going in thinking that uh, you know it's going to be the same way it was for the last few years, there might be have to be a little bit of a reassessment there. So the challenge for Doug Dan is is really where, how much do you give in this situation with a flat cap one guy, when you know you still have to put a team together that can compete for a Stanley Cup, and uh, that. I'll tell you what, it, it, that's, that's got to be a decision that at times will keep you up at night. Curve, you mentioned Pat Maroon, and it's been so fun to watch him be such a productive force for the Lightning here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I know hindsight is always twenty twenty, but you mentioned the Blues not having an offer on the table for him heading into the season. Looking back retroactively, do you think that they might have changed their mind there? Because it certainly seems like the Pat Maroon presence is something that the Blues missed in the playoffs. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think if if we're able to use twenty twenty hindsight uh, in you know, and and be able to go back and do it, I, I think if you probably well not probably, I think it would have made more sense to try and stick with Pat Maroon for another year and maybe let Robbie Fabry go, you know, a, a year earlier. And the reason you can say that is because that's what they did during the season. So hindsight's twenty twenty. At the time, you're thinking Robbie comes back, he's healthy, he might be able to impact your top six. 
that's a different situation. So I completely understand why the decision was made at the time. But hindsight, yeah, there, there was there was some moxie. There was a little bit of mojo that this team just – having said that, I know we say that. We, we, we say that, but then don't forget at the pause, they, they were still top in the, the top team in the Western Conference, you know, through 71 games of a regular season. And from November 1st, uh, we're in first place that entire time, except for I think maybe a day and a half. So – you know, the pause impacted this team in so many ways. But, yeah, I do think that if you go back and you probably look at that one, that's a move that I think would probably have been better for the team to make. Are you finding, Curbs, that there are guys, generally speaking in the sport, that were saying, okay, this was going to be my final year. Then the pause happened and they said, well, I went home and I'm not so sure I want to retire. I'm coming back for another year or two. Are you finding that in the sport? Uh, I guess we're going to find that out. It, it it's a great question when you look back at the how things went after the 0405 lockout. Yeah. You know, and and we lost, you know, maybe the final, you know, real year of of Brett Hall. Remember, you know, he came back, played for Phoenix a little bit and that was the end of it. Exactly. Um, you know, uh the, the Mark Messiers of the group uh, and and the others that lost a whole year's worth of time right at the end of the, their career. I, I do, but the one challenge for me when it comes to that topic is this you know, coming out of the, the one of the big concerns of veteran players when the when the salary cap era began was that you're going to see, and I guess the Toronto Maple Leafs are showing this right now. You're going to see your top end players getting the bulk of the money, you know, and then to make that work, you've got to bring the young in players. And what it does is it could make a guy, uh, you know, that's maybe towards the end of his career, but make him have to make a decision like, hey, look, there's only about a million five to pay you. We'd love to have you. And the guy's like, ah, I'm not sure that that's worth it at this point in time after a 12, 15 year career. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the salary cap has no doubt ended some guys' careers a year or two early than, than I think their bodies or maybe even their minds wanted to. I think, I think Barrett Jackman might be a great example of that. I think Barrett Jackman still could have played. I think Barrett Jackman still could have been valuable, uh, veteran experience for younger players. You know, but I think became a victim of, of, of the salary cap to a degree. Plus, okay, here's the amount of money we have. Is it worth after what you've earned in your career to play for this? And, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I think if guys are in the mindset of I want to play uh, or go out on my own terms, then yeah, you're going to find a way to come back. I think the challenge for those guys, too, Dan, right now is going to be nobody knows when the season's going to start. When do you think it is going to start? Well, the league is I in December, right around the beginning of December. We'll have to wait and see. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what the NFL does this week. Uh, you know, and, and the Premier League in in England, they're expecting to start putting fans back in the stands in October. Now it'll still some uh, uh, reduced capacity, but all these different sports, whether it be college football, the NFL. MLS, uh, the Premier League over in England. I mean, you, you, we got to keep an eye on these sports leagues in other countries too, because uh, look, they're dealing with the same exact stuff we're dealing with. Um, I, I think that that's the that we've got to keep an eye on those leagues and see how they're doing with fans. And, and then I think the, the NHL and the NBA, being more winter sports, they're going to do whatever they can to hold off as long as they can, so where they can put some fans in the stands. And then that, that's a little two tiered. The other industry to keep an eye on is. Is there a chance that some venues decide, okay, we're going to try this, and there's a uh, um, a musical group or an act or a show or something that wants to try and travel? 
and all that has to come to fruition because then then it helps you figure out how you keep and start opening these indoor facilities, which is also important, I think, to the St. Louis Blues and the NHL. One more thing before we let you go, Curbs. Everyone here locally is obviously bummed that the Blues are no longer in the hunt for a Stanley Cup championship, but there is some St. Louis flavor, and there you have four guys still vying for the cup. You have Pat Maroon with the Lightning, as we mentioned, Scott Mayfield with the Islanders, Paul Stastny with Vegas, and Ben Bishop, Bishop, of course, with the Stars. So it's pretty cool for St. Louisans to not only have a rooting interest, but it's great for St. Louis as a hockey city to have so much local talent still competing, isn't it? Yeah, it's you know what? It... it, it, it just shows you, first off, I think the, the fantastic job those individual guys have done with their careers because they're all veterans now. You know, and I'm glad to see Scott Mayfield getting more recognition locally because he was kind of the unknown guy for so long. You go in to play the Islanders, you mentioned Scott Mayfield, and people go, wait a minute, he's from St. Louis? We're like, yeah. So um, so that's a, that's a positive. Look, it's I think it's a terrific thing. It just shows where the growth of this sport is and where it's been in this town and it's going to stay that way for a while now when we look at the Clayton Kellers and the Kachuk boys you know and all the other St. Louisans that are currently playing in the National Hockey League and then they're going to come back and they're going to continue to at some point in time they're going to have an impact on on the youth moving forward and and this this truly has become the heartland of hockey in the Midwest because I mean look think about this with I mean when you consider you've got four guys literally from the city of St. Louis you know, playing. Yeah, you get some guys, but they're all kind of from all over the state of Minnesota, right? You know, or different parts of Massachusetts. From from basically one hometown, still playing. That's 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 cool. That's cool to see. Great stuff, Curbs. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys, have a great show. Thank you. Thanks, Curbs. That is Chris Kerber, the voice of St. Louis Blues Hockey, here on your home for St. Louis Blues Hockey 101 ESPN. Danny Mack and for Randy Carricker today, I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, it's the fight. We will have that next for you here on 101 ESPN.